As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Prep to Pro NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Ben Pfeiffer and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Max Carlin. Max, how's it going today? I'm doing all right, Ben. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to have our friend Petey Webb on the show for the first time in a little bit, I think. Uh, Petey, how's it going today? It's going great. It's uh, wonderful to be back. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And I mean, we're very excited to have you back. Today is an exciting episode because we are talking about the one and only Evan Mobley, uh, who really is a a wildly unique player um, and and a guy who who is really cementing himself as, as, in my eyes, the number two prospect in this class. And then it's just a question of whether he's in his own tier there or if he's in the first tier or the second tier with Suggs. Uh, We'll see. so Evan Mobley, uh, PD, do you want to maybe go over quickly what some of our concerns were coming into the year? Because we did we did do uh, a, a little bit of preview stuff, uh, you know, w- while we were trying to handle both of these draft classes uh, in the late summer, and and we we came to the conclusion I think that Mobley kind of hangs over all of this as as a guy who could be a potentially special prospect, who I think we were all kind of tentatively in on. But uh, he had a rough senior year. So what were you thinking coming into the year with Mobley? And and kind of what has he started to answer there? I think that his senior year was rough in a really specific way. And that he wasn't challenged and he looked somewhat disinterested. So it's hard to judge the experimentation that he was having. I was like, is that his game now? Or is this just, you know, a kid who's extremely overqualified for high school basketball? Um Concern coming into USC was, you know, uh, the fit broadly, uh, the the changes that he had made um, over the past 18 months where he looked, you know, like one of the best prospects in the world as a junior in high school to his, you know, basically not knowing what we were going to get the first game at USC. Um, the the reassurances in that corner were that, you know, he's he's with his brother, he's with his dad, he's with a, uh, a higher level of competition. Um, and... He emerged from that hibernation uh, more than you could possibly want. Um, he basically 
stepped right back into his the junior year mode of like, okay, this is an alien after having that senior year of being like, I don't really know what to do with this guy. Like I'd very much know what to do with, with Evan Mobley and the answer is he can kind of do everything. That's pretty scary. Yeah. That's the thing that's really become clear to me is that he can do everything uh, in a way that I think makes him a really unique offensive and defensive weapon. But let, let's focus on the offense first. That I mean, just think about all the different things that you can do with Evan Mobley. Like if you're, if you're, you know, operating out of, out of, you know, horns alignment with him, like he can handle in like snug pick and roll there. You can set up situations where he can, he can then cut and get downhill. Um, you know, then just in, in, you know, other situations, um, there, there, you know, he's, he's an elite role man because of his quick leaping, because of his insane unparalleled catch radius and, and coordination. Um, he he's a guy who if if he pick it if he uh, pick and pops, then if you're closing out hard on him because of his of his footwork and his burst and his coordination with the ball, he's gonna blow by with he's gonna blow by you. And then even though he's this skinny guy, if you give him a cushion, he's gonna use that space and he's gonna use that space to his to his to his advantage. Um, he's gonna initiate contact with you, and then he's just gonna get to these these little like hooks and push shots and and fadeaways in in the paint from like you know nine feet out that he's releasing 11 feet in the air and are like just legitimately untouchable um because of this just truly truly unparalleled combination of coordination size and length um you know it's just it's hard to envision who can really defend evan mobley when you consider how scalable and versatile he is that he can slide in and out of all these different roles where he's a legitimate face-up guy. He's a legitimate post-up guy and, and a guy who, who, because he is such a good passer, um, except, I mean, you know, last night I McKinley, right. The fourth got the better of him a bunch of times off the ball uh, because he was, he was able you know play multiple things uh, maybe a little bit better than, than Mobley is used to from, from uh, off ball defenders. But uh, you know, he's a guy who can, can legitimately create out of the post, uh, for himself and others, really drive offense from there. Uh, and, and at the same time, you know, if you do run into that writer matchup, which I think is someone like Anthony Davis, who who will really have that that unique combination of, of size, quickness, um, speed, length, uh, to, to maybe contend with Evan Mobley, chasing him off screens if you want to get him downhill looks there, uh, you know, as, as a role man recovering to him. Um, you know, uh, handling him on the, on these pick and pops. Like if you have Anthony Davis, then that's fine because Evan Mobley can scale back and just be, you know, one of, one of the better role men in the entire league. Uh, so he's just this, this like kind of game breaking offensive weapon who is so, so scalable that no matter, no matter who you're up against, he's going to be a, a significant offensive weapon and he's going to sustain value. I think through so many different, matchups how would you try to describe evan mobley's offense in five points or less oh my god <laughs> uh very skilled giant who ah man i don't know it's it's tough because the the physicality i think in combination with the size and coordination and length i i like that's the the, the like how many big man prospects can you think of who got what Mobley does out of his length? 
Yeah, he's unreal. His functionality with it is unbelievable. Like, yeah, and and but like especially on offense, like I, I really do think that that you know you you talk about a, about a big man who at the, at this stage, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit later. At this stage, is not really a shooter out to three at least, and you know is not a burly guy who's going to be banging in the post. Like, I think you hear that and it sounds like something that doesn't make a lot of sense and something that doesn't really work. And or at the very least that he's restricted to just being a role man. But the way Evan Mobley plays is so unique in, in how he uses space in how he's physical, his, his usage of footwork, his body control, and just the, the application of his length as a finisher at the rim and as a finisher, you know, in the paint and short mid, uh, that, He's he just gets to these shots that are completely untouchable, and I think that they're kind of going to be there. I mean, even when he's at a strength deficit, you can you see him being physical, and 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 even if you know you see the lack of strength show up, it, it almost doesn't matter a lot of the time because he can just still get to these shots that you know maybe that maybe they're not amazing shots, that maybe they're not at the absolute center of your offense, but. He gets to these just untouchable shots whenever he wants. Can I give my attempt at yes, in, in five words? I was trying to do this with somebody who hadn't seen him before and was trying to understand what it was about. And the best I could come up with is Eaton plus Bagley divided by two. <laughs> As prospects, <laughs> like it's just sort of this midpoint between like a lot of generational guys, like guys that you're like, this is something that's truly weird. Like he isn't off the ground as fast as Bagley, but it's like somewhat reminiscent. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't, you know, slaughter lesser guys in the way that like Aiton did, where if you give somebody who just like couldn't handle physicality and would murder them in a way that's pretty unlike anything else. Um, but it's close. And uh it's really a testament to his development. Um I've kind of talked about this in other places, but um we're entering a, a generation of guys who were raised on Cat and Jokic. Um, and the combination of like a ton of playing time, obviously the extra gym time that Los Angeles offers guys, um, the offensive experimentation uh, of, of playing for a high school that's centered around you, the fundamentals of having a, uh, a dad who is a pro and the competition that comes with having an older brother who's also seven feet tall and, and stronger than you. Like as a serious question, when do you think the first time Evan Mobley played a pro was like, he's been oh, doing this for been, so long. He must be young. very young. Yeah. yeah. And he plays with this sort of exposure or like you can watch him play and you see him pattern recognizing in a way that young babies almost never do. Because to be honest, he's probably seen every single type of coverage possible and not just out of his low post looks, but out of his short roll looks out of uh, out of his wing catches, out of his bringing the ball down. Like, yes, you could, you know, get a lot out of DHOs from him and Horns, but you can also get a lot having him be the ball handler in Horns. Mm. You could have him be the, uh, the person who enters to Horns and then goes and runs a split cut to pop. Yeah, you really tall. could. As a, as a, like, a teenager. And, like, that's sort of the beauty of what Evan Mobley could be, is that, like, there's not really a defined... Uh, offensive usage, like you're going to have things like the fadeaway that he shoots downwards, where it's like that's that's a foundational aspect of of his game. You know, uh, these quick finishes where he gets up and then throws it down, like almost like a, a big man dunking in like the '60s. That uh, and yeah, and that's really what like so much of it looks like. 
like 60s and 70s where it's just this like stick thin George Gervin style guy who's just reaching up with his arms and dropping the ball into the net. Um, and, and, that, it, oh, and that's so hard. Like yeah. see, when we think of 60s and 70s, like it, it's, you know, it, it's sort of like, oh, these, you know, these dudes all uh, spent their time working at the heavy box factory or, you know, or, you know, finishing their night shift as an ambulance driver or whatever. But to jump straight up and then put the ball straight down is so hard because it creates a really tiny block window. No one is going to get the ball at the top from Evan Mobley almost ever. Even when he has like a small load up time, even with his really thin legs, you have to get it on the way down. And a lot of bigs simply aren't willing to put their hand that close to the rim while somebody tries to push it downwards. That is very close to blocking your hand. That is the reason that dudes did not want to try Bill Russell at the rim. You could really get your hand broken on the rim. Yeah. I mean, that that's like it, where you've kind of gotten at is that Mobley can kind of do everything on offense. Like there are just, the, the list of ways to use him it, it doesn't end because you can just come up with new things that no one has ever done before, because I'm not really sure that there's been an Evan Mobley before. Um, I, PD, what do you see as the, as the hangups with Mobley offensively, some, some flaws where you're concerned about, you know, n- not even necessarily that he won't work. I don't really think that there's that much room to be concerned about Mobley not working because he can always simply just be a role man. But where are some areas where you maybe worry about that super high level ceiling where we're talking about a, a truly you know franchise changing superstar? So I think that it's going to be difficult to temper our language here um, because Mobley is such an exceptional talent. So like, I think a trap that could happen if he's drafted into a situation that's less than ideal this will sort of fall into that like Jermaine O'Neal group where like sometimes you're dominant, but it isn't necessarily in a way that is um, an ecosystem unto itself. Like, J.O. could get you like has, you know, career highs of 50, but there was times where you just threw, th- threw the ball into him at the post. And like you lived with whatever the circumstances were. Um, obviously, Mobley is a little higher processor, but that is a category of guys. Um, I think that you have the physical concerns about like how he puts on weight. Um, his movement skills are astounding with what, how he moves through space. Like it's not uncommon to see him like two step from the three point line with people guarding him. Um, and there isn't a guarantee that that gets added on to. Um, you always have concerns about guys adding uh, shooting and strength at the same time, because there's flexibility concerns and, and how their body is distributed or how their weight is distributed to their upper body but these are really minute concerns. It's really the idea of how much usage you want to give him. Do I think that he's going to be a guy that like carries 30 usage in the league? Most likely not, but figuring out, you know, how you want his pass shoot um, optimization to be, how you want, you know, his ideal catch to be, whether that's, you know, coming off a, a rub screen from post to post, whether that's as a guy who's explicitly just rolls to the rim whether you want him to initiate offense. Like these are questions that uh, every NBA staff is going to have to figure out because I think there are going to be teams that have Mobley ahead of Cade. Yeah. I mean, I, which I'm, you know, I, I guess I kind of got at that. I'm at least sympathetic to that. Like I, I'm definitely considering Mobley in, in tier one. The, the problem is, you know, to what level I think do you buy Cade as a true like heliocentric superstar because I think Mobley is much more in the Anthony Davis mold of 
the ultimate scalable ceiling raising superstar. But but with that comes, you know, he's he's probably not at the, you know the absolute center of your offense, and you kind of have to, like PD said, you have to balance what what he's doing offensively. But I think that you know there are also elements in which he can definitely be even more additive in a, in a in a more limited role than than someone like Anthony Davis because you know he is such a uniquely quick processor that he does have these moments on the short roll where he's catching the ball and then it is fired to the you know to the to the weak side corner. Um, he, I, he's a really really unique talent. I think that there are endless endless ways to use him, um, and I, he's he's just you know, tremendously exciting player on the offensive end. And that doesn't even, you know, we haven't even started talking about his defense yet. So there's, it's really rare with young guys that you find like facets to their game. Like usually young guys can do like one or two things really well. And that's enough. Um, The difference going from my experience watching uh, college Mobley versus college Wiseman is like, could not be more day and night. (laughs) <laughs> because like every single time I've watched Mobley in college, this isn't necessarily something that happened in, in high school, but definitely in college is that he'll encounter a problem and solve it differently than I think he would. Um, like last night uh, against Colorado, he short short stopped a roll. So like the ball came to yeah. him, he caught it on the short roll. They lobbed it in and he saw that there was a, a help side defender coming take a charge. And it's like the usual garbage college charge. There's only so many ways to solve this problem. And he kind of picked the hardest one, which is to come to a complete, complete stop on a stop, jump stop yeah. and let the person fake fall over, wait long enough for the ref to recognize it and finish in the hope that they counted as an and one. And yeah, they- it, it was incredible. Because, yeah, it was just completely stop your momentum instantaneously. Like you said, wait for it, for the proof that the, you didn't, you know, impart any force onto the defender, he just fell, and then just dropped the ball. It was yeah, it was it was really incredible. He's he like, I think that it's it's such a ridiculous intersection with him of of feel and having seen so many different scenarios, with also being an all time truly one of a kind physical talent in. 40 different ways. Yeah. I mean, the, the pass and the referee were at a 90 degree angle. So he, the ref is standing in his blind spot. So he has no way of checking with them. He just did it and being like, okay, because it had been drilled into him. So like, this is an option for a thing to potentially do. And like, that's so hard to do for young guys. Just be like, just trust it. Just trust that the ref will make the right call. Don't look at him. Cause if you look, you can't get the finish. Because if he looks back over his shoulder, there's no way they're going to call that a continuation, especially in college. But he knew the timing, and he got it off basically as close as you could to show it, demonstrating that he was coming at a full stop and that this was a, a flop, it should be called a block, and getting the continuation. There's just so many things with him. Like, the way that he does, like, small hops to get into moves where he knows that he's not quite strong enough to jump off one. Like, he likes to jump off two, but he'll jump off one when he like it, when it's super quick. And his ability, his ability to time when he needs to jump and figure out when he has enough window to, to power hop to get the the extra explosion off two feet is like a thing that you get both on offense and defense. And it is just it is enjoyable to watch a young technician who's also still figuring things out in terms of what's possible. 
Yeah, it's remarkable like how under control like he always is on both ends, and I think like that hot step is a good example where like he, he like you said he knows where where and when and how he's most explosive. So he's just always willing on, on both ends to, like take that extra step and use his footwork to to get to his spots to you know give him the best chance of finishing. And I think it shows up even more on the defensive end, which we'll get into like as a rim protector where he just like, will use that to like hold himself back and perfectly time uh, a block where he's, you pretty much never see Evan Mobley like flying out of control or like flailing for blocks. Like all of it is like pristinely timed and executed like always. And then teams will sometimes like overload. Um, I mean, USC doesn't have ideal spacing and they'll frequently try to for your four dudes above six, eight. Um, so teams, you know, just pack the pan against pick and rolls. And when Mobley pops, like he, his pop footwork, his jumping footwork is perfect for his pop footwork. He's a natural hop shooter. Um, and he doesn't necessarily have to pop to three, but he can. And even if he like short roll, even if he short rolls after his pop, like he'll get into these like 11 footers that he's still shooting downwards. Yeah. Yeah. The, sh- the short roll, um, like jumpers, uh, where he works in the footwork and some handling there are really impressive. And he can, yeah, he can get to the nine foot jumpers that are, he's shooting down and, you know, he's, he's a guy with who can, I think really hit those at a, at a level that's makes him very good shots. Um, I, I think, uh, sorry, go ahead. It is a thing I frequently see people get upset about with Giannis is that like when he pick and pops, Giannis sometimes will like reject that 11 foot jumper out of a twist where he kind of has a guy on his hip, but he can just use the release point. Like Giannis is not comfortable with that shot. Mm. And like Evan Mobley will take that shot 50 times. Yeah. That's the shot that Evan Mobley wants to get. And it's, it's a somewhat like I wouldn't, he can take it off balance, but like in an NBA game, that's going to be an off balance off off a like a light twist with a guy on your hip. Who's like, you know, going to have, you know, a plus six, plus seven wingspan. And like, that's never been going to be a concern for Evan Mobley to get off. Yeah. And that yeah. is so encouraging. Yeah. I think a couple of things that we should address in terms of concerns. Um, how do you envision the strength hindering him? Okay. So the thing that happens most often with like tall and skinny guys with high hips and like, it should be noted that Evan Mobley has the highest hips I've ever seen. Like, They're really like, high. He moves really well, but just if you look at where his hip line is, it is really, really, really high. He does look like a giraffe in terms of how he moves. Um, that's probably going to balance out as he like gets older. It won't be as noticeably high, but like it's it's a concern. So with skinny guys, like what will happen is that got uh, shorter guys will put their hip below below the tall guy's hip, and it'll sort of tip the the release point downwards of the tall guy. This is sort of like your classic six six uh, like ACC center, or like how is this like Dewan Blair would just murder tall people with this, um, and so it tips the release point down, and it's very difficult to shoot without your hips, like especially when they're tilted out. Mobley is so tall, and the release point is so high that it's not going to be as much of a concern. I think his issue is going to be with guys who are more explosive than him, um, where he has to judge that. Um, just when you, when you put him and, and Wiseman next to each other, like Wiseman gets out of the blocks, like he'll get higher faster. He's not going to get off the ground as fast, but he'll get up to a, to a more explosive point. And I think that's going to be the issue with guys who are, uh, you know, more out of a block than him. Um, I think that he's going to have some issue getting, uh, dribbles off against 
uh, more explosive guys just because they can bump him and he can't necessarily giraffe by everybody. Um, he's going to need to have a, a core stability point to get to the Giannis where he can uh, do bump euros, which is the thing I would like to see most out of him. That's where you, you know, you have a guy on one shoulder, you give him a slight bump and you replace with the other shoulder as stepping in the opposite direction. So sort of replacing left shoulder, right shoulder. Um, it allows you to, to uh, change directions. That's all core and butt. And those are the areas that uh, Mobley is currently lightest on. Like arm strength is whatever. It's not, he's not ever going to, to look cut. He's always going to look like KD. Um, it's just a, a nature of, of having that, that body type. But he needs to be able to uh, explode through contact in big spaces. Um, because he, in small spaces, he can just contort his way out of things. Like, you know, he is 10 times the uh, yoga practitioner that like Zaire Williams is. He can just like fold himself into these you know weird spaces. Like he's he's at the place he's farther along than Brandon Ingram is, and Ingram had you know a crazy flexibility curve. Yeah, I mean he really does when when he's when he's on the interior, like he really can just like wiggle through these tiny spaces, and then like you know if he gets baseline from one block, like he can just reach under the rim and throw it up on the other side. And like, yeah, it's really remarkable like, how he can like just generate wide open layups in like very heavy traffic where most most other humans who who have played basketball would would find contested shots or turnovers. It's, yeah, I mean, yeah. And that's that's a mixture of playing up and having to like you know when you're 14 and you're really skinny, like you have to figure out some real creative ways to get the ball to that rim. Doesn't matter if you're you know six nine, which I mean he was at that age, but like you just have to think your way through things where if you play down, you know, if he's, if he's playing his age rather than playing against pros, uh, you know, you, no one's ever getting that, but you can tell that he's, he's used to playing NBA competition in a way that like other young bigs are not because they would just try to force it over the top. And he's like, well, if I put a little bit of English on this, as I extended about three feet and make the angle different, it's like, you don't have to do that right now. Like eventually we're going to have to get there. But like just watching him solve these extremely complex problems against like pack 12 defenses is so much fun. Uh, before we move on to defense, should we talk about the shooting? Uh, can we talk about the passing a little bit first? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, the dude could pass. Like, I don't think it needs yeah. a, ton of, a ton of recognition because we've already talked about processing, but like he thinks so quickly. He thinks through things so quickly. He has the same flexibility that allows him to finish, allows him to get off passes at unique angles. So he may not necessarily have the most complicated handle, but he can manipulate the ball and manipulate the defender enough to create passing angles, which is enough. Like, and his understanding of the broader game and, and the, the geometry allows him to operate as a higher level passer, passer than what his handle and his positioning would normally necessitate. Like, that's just years of of being, you know, a guard in in you know big big pick and rolls with this brother. It, yeah, and this thing. Oh, yeah. yeah it's it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, the same like versatility he has as a scorer applies like everywhere as a passer. Like out of the post, like he'll dribble out of double teams consistently and like find weak side skip passes. Out of like like we talked about out of the short roll, you know, finding hits to the corner or lay downs, and then like like you said, and like snug pick and rolls with Isaiah. I mean, just it's just ridiculous. Like he'll bring the ball up court and like hit full court lob passes. It's it's just unreal. Like the versatility he has as a passer. Like functionally, aside with just his, you know, preternatural ability to to process the game and read the floor. Like, think about what early offense Evan Mobley is going to look like in the NBA. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, 
again, uh, Charlotte Hornets, lose some games, please. Just, <laughs> just for, as a bit, lose yeah. a whole bunch of games. That, because, uh, that would be, that like, would be absolutely incredible. unreal. Yeah, that would be unreal. Uh, I mean, I think he's going to be unreal, really, wherever he ends up. You could have Mello on the receiving end of the full court loss. <laughs> <laughs> but he really is. He really is throwing like these full court hit aheads. Yeah, he's done it at least twice this year, like yeah. that I can remember. Like, and and I mean, at the, and at the same time, like he is he is going to grab and go, beat everyone down the court because like who covers ground like that? And then he's just going to like settle into his little post up, and he's going to be super deep position on a on a mismatch. And he's going to turn around and release the ball down from 11 and a half feet in the air. And there's nothing that you will ever be able to do about it. And this is just the offense. This is just the offense. His, to be fair, his weaker end. <laughs> yeah. It's true, though. It's, it's it is true. true. And that's, that's the scary thing is that you have this. And, and this, this ultimately, to me, is the case for him tier one, is that you have this scalable superstar who is going to be able to do anything entirely dependent on what the situation and the, the opposition is, you know, conceding to you. And so like, unless you're playing the greatest team of all time, that's completely flawless. Like Evan Mobley is going to have some kind of an advantage somewhere and have some sort of use on offense. That's kind of game breaking. He can scale back and, and just be one of the league's best role men if necessary. And on top of that, a ultra high feel cutter screener, um, and like garbage man because of his quick leaping uh, as you know put backs and and from the dunker spot and whatnot. So you have this ultra ultra scalable offensive player who's highly valuable and and highly additive because of his super quick processing. Um, and then on the defensive end, he is a totally game breaking, extraordinarily versatile uh, big man. And and it's just uh, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, he's he's an amazing prospect. Uh, I think the only matchups that make me a little bit uncomfortable is like Braun at the five matchups, maybe, where it's going to be guys who are like nuts athletes who have uh, a like more core strength and also like a, an implicit understanding of angles because it so might. But what it happens? Might just to be like a little bit more perimeter oriented or like get him uncomfortable. I don't think it's a solution by any sense, but like, that's what I would, if I was playing, you know, 22 year old Evan Mobley, I would just be trying like my best athlete at the five. Who's like a little bit heavier. So, so what then happens like on those cross screens and he catches the ball like at the block and he just then drops the ball into the net because that's what he does. Or, or like he runs off of like a UCLA cut and, you know, catches the ball and it's just, you know, he's just laying it right in because that's what he does. Cause he's covering that ground and can contort in ways where he can get a shot off when, you know, someone else would have to do something before being able to get a shot off or, you know, he's getting to a shot without needing to dribble or anything. And, and then releasing, you know, releasing the ball truly where Le- LeBron James can't touch it. Like LeBron, LeBron just cannot touch the ball where Evan Mobley is going to be releasing it. Yeah. I mean, what you would try to do is like, you would, brush the fit you would brush you would fight the brush as hard as possible mm. but then like a good guard like i would say a good guard the solution to that is you basically run back shoulder fades like you throw the lob yeah. to 12 feet and it's like hey you don't have to dunk it just lightly tap it and no one's going to be able to get it at 12 feet and he can do that because he's uniquely coordinated he already has multiple lobs this year where he's caught like pretty bad passes and and contorted and just and not you know he, he doesn't punch at home he just lays it in off the bad pass and it's too easy for him. And he's had, he also has, you know, several finishes where 
he maintains his balance, avoids the contest, does a little double clutch, and just lays it right in because he's just so, so unique from a size and, and coordination standpoint. So a thing that happens with a lot of, like, um, professional athletes, specifically professional basketball players, like, they get bored with dunking. <laughs> They've just done every dunk, and it's, like, that's not the part that's enjoyable. It's, like, the 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 contortion at this point is more like challenging for him than dunking. And he's, he's reached the I'm bored with dunking and I'm just doing things I think are cool as a teenager. Like Zion's probably dunked hundreds of thousands of times, but it's going to take him until he's like, you know, in his late thirties to be like, well, okay, this time I'll just tap it in. Or what if I double question and lightly laid it around? Like Mobley is such a unique development arc just because like, he's one of the guys that's been good since sixth grade. as like, this one's next. And he's basically his most disappointing time was his senior year of high school where he was simply awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay. Before we move on to the defense, should we talk about shooting a little bit? Yeah. You want, you want to take this PD? Yeah. I mean, he is shooting currently. That's sort of the, the best point is that he is, uh, I have him at 14 catch and shoots for 1.2 point per possession. Uh, it's only 20% of his offense. He takes them with varying amounts of coverage. Like he doesn't need to be uh, shoot at you coward open. Um, he'll take them off the dribble as well. The release is slow. The elbow's a little bit funny. My biggest issue with it, other than like his feet are too close, is that when he, um, it feels like he's unfurling his jumper at times. Like the gather motion from his hip to the top of the release point goes out quite a bit and then comes back up. That's pretty fixable. Just you know, making that an elevator rather than than like a boom. Um, he's going to shoot. Like full stop. He's absolutely going to. Yeah. Shoot. He's already, like, yeah. almost always on balance. The release is nuts. Uh, he shoots with the right finger. Um, he probably needs like a small fix on the shooting bed. At times, it feels a little bit diagonal. Needs some left right, but like the mixture of touch indicators, the the passing, uh, just how like how good looking it is. Like it it. It looks clunky because everything else with him is so smooth. But if you put his jumper on any other big prospect, you'd be like, oh, this dude is like already a shooter. Like if you put his jumper on a precious, we would have called precious a stretch five. Yeah. And that, so then the question is what level of shooter is he? Because this is a seven foot teenager who's taking like hang dribble pull-ups. Um, so, you know, <laughs> there, there's some scary stuff there when you consider the, that we've already talked about him as a guy who like can legitimately handle. Um, and I mean, what, like if Evan Mobley is, is actually hitting pick and pop jumpers like that, that alone is, is terrifying. And that doesn't, that doesn't even get into the fact that like, you know, it, with a guy with that coordination and handling ability and feel and, and just, um, you know, processing time, man, uh, it's, it's really, really scary. Yeah. I mean, like, Beyond the fact that, like, like you said, he's already shooting the hang drill pull-ups, like, uh, fourteen for twenty-seven on long twos so far this year, which is pretty awesome for this sample. Like, I, I mean, it's, I think it's pretty conceivable that you know he takes those nine, ten footers where he's, you know, shooting a little off balance with his awesome touch and length, and basically shooting downwards, and it's a similar motion extending those out to you know fifteen feet and seventeen feet and twenty feet. Maybe one day we extend them to, to 24. Like, oh, I, I, think I, that, I think that it's more likely that he shoots uh, like well above the break than he doesn't. Wow. Like, I think that his like 
just based on how the, the the mechanics of it work, like I just wouldn't be shocked if he gets to like unless he has like the weird KG thing where like mm-hmm. threes weird him out, which is the only thing that kept KG from shooting threes. Um like I just don't I don't see a way unless there's some uh you know pre-draft uh jumper tinkering that like goes you know horribly wrong or like there's a, a fault situation where like there's a thing that's way beyond basketball or or you know the the realms of modern medicine like he's going to shoot the the level yeah. is sort of determined to the coaching staff being like how many threes would you like Evan Mobley to take because this is um basically as close to like Tebula Rasa as we've gotten for a big like I guess since like is Sheed probably the closest thing in terms of like guy who you can kind of make do anything. It's up to the coaching staff and, you know, uh, his whims to figure out exactly what you want the usage to be. PD, she'd played at UNC like well before the two of us were alive. <laughs> but you're students at the game. I know, you're, <laughs> I know you weren't physically there, like being like, Oh, did she just invent the Spain pick and roll, which he did. Um, but like I, you are aware of it and, I know one of you has some uh, some Boston opinions, so he may have may have doubled back to it. Um, so, I mean, I think that about does it for the offense. Like, unless you want to talk about what it means, like for dudes who are supposed to guard him, because like I, man, you just gotta like. There's well, some... I do think that's worth talking about. Yeah. Like who 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 guards him? Who do you put Jaron on him? Is that the idea? That I mean, maybe that's a good one because like he can actually move like that. I mean, Jaron's just gonna foul him a million times. But um, I was thinking about like uh, some of the guys who have had success with Giannis. Um, I've talked about this with, with our pal Zach Milner that like it, it's definitely conceivable that someone like Gobert uh, could give him trouble just because he might actually have the reach to sort of disrupt some of those shots. Um, but it's I mean, it's, then again, imagine Gobert like chasing Mobley off of which which is why I think the the answer is Anthony Davis like the answer is Anthony Davis is that he's kind of the guy okay but the I guess like there's only 180 exactly that's that's I'm thinking I'm thinking in archetype terms like oh well yeah no that's that's the point is that there's one Anthony Davis he is one of like the all-time ceiling raiser uh you know complimentary player so to speak uh like Anthony, you know, he is the one guy, I think, uh, archetype that, that deals with Mobley. I don't know that there is one. I think that there, there's really a problem for any, for everyone. And simply the fact that like, it's not like Mobley does two things that conceivably should be impossible for, for most players to deal with. It's that he can do literally everything. Like he can do literally everything on, on, on the offensive side of the court. Um, and I just don't know how you possibly deal with that as, as long as he's being utilized to, you know, his fullest capabilities. Yeah, it's a it's a protean big man. Um, I think that you have to ask of what makes him uncomfortable. Um, I think the difference between like a Giannis type uh, who wants to be downhill and a Mobley who like sort of wants to make the like the schematic right decision, who like sort of wants team advantage first. Um, that's sort of why the like the Kool Aid thought came out his like junior and senior year. I think it's partially because of his disposition. You know, again, if you're a prospect and you scream, people just assume you're good on defense. Doesn't matter how good you actually are. But like, there's a lot of guys who are just god awful who clench their fists and yell, and we decide that they're you know high intensity defenders. Even yeah, if you slap the floor, you're a good. Yeah. Defender. 
Um, which is good hustle. Like honestly, if you if you're lying to evaluators that efficiently, like by all means you should do that. Um, I think that with Mobley, you don't want him to think because like he's going to solve these problems really quickly. If you can make him doubt his his thinking process and like put on blinders, I think that's the most effective way to do it. So rather than saying like what do you take away from him or what do you give him, you simply just say we're giving you one thing. Like we are going to make you a shooter. We are going to make you a person who only makes this read. And since he is somebody who's best as like sort of a a thin miasma across the entire game by limiting his impact offensively to one distinct area, being like the only thing he gets is post touches. If he has to take that turn that 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 sixteen foot face up, he's taken that twenty six times this game. I think that's probably the way of of making him uh, invisible on a game. He's still obviously going to make an impact offensively or defensively, but on offense the teams that he's going to be best on are teams that allow him to do so much of everything. So by shrinking his role down to a, a concrete box, it's going to make the connecting pieces much more susceptible to like their own issues. This is sort of like kind of like what people do in theory to Giannis when they want to put it on Chris Middleton back when they thought Chris Middleton was bad. Um, it's like, Oh, you just make Chris Middleton create. And it's like, well, Chris Middleton hit 19 of 19 pull up jumpers. So like, I don't know what you're supposed to do here. Um, that's the best answer. Who does that? I, I th- honestly think it's like dudes who are built like Julius Randle because like the dudes who are built like Mitchell Robinson aren't going to have the um, like the ability to just keep him one in one area. Like it's so hard to cage in a guy like uh, like Mobley because of his stride length. I think it's much easier just to like beat him to a spot and be like, okay, if you want to take it, take this 12 footer, it's now an 18 footer. If you want to drive, we're going to bump you off every single time. And hopefully you can just sort of herd him into these tougher shots and let him become a, just a scorer. That's the best explanation I have. And like, man, is that, oh, that is a terrifying thing to think about as defensive coordinator. Yeah. And I mean, at his median, you know, maybe that is actually a winning approach. But if he even hits like a remotely high level outcome, that's probably just going to be another way that you're going to lose. Yeah. I mean, with superstars, you don't beat them. You just have a punching chance. Like this was, uh, you know, the the Braun philosophy was like, well, it, it's not that he's not going to win this. It's that he won't win the way that he might want to. He's going to have to win our way. It's like it, sometimes you go, you take that moral victory. Sometimes you know the numbers shake out on that particular seven game dice roll. But the fact that we're talking about this after all of the terrible conversations we had last class is so much fun. Last class, yeah. like, if this guy gets on, like, you know, the, if he goes to the Raptors, he'll be okay. And now we're at, like, how do you beat this in a playoff series? Like, how honestly, like, what's your best plan? And so far, the solutions we have are BAM and AD for a teenager. Man, we're in a good place in 2021. Yeah, I mean, it's the same conversation that you have with Cade, right? It's, like, halfway through the first half of his first college game, Cade was re- realized, okay, I cannot play like CP like I want to. I'm just going to have to score a lot. Um, and he just started doing that. You know, these are, these are guys who you, you make them uncomfortable and they're still going to beat you because they're sensational players. Yeah. The, the second that like everyone's like, Oh yeah, you just make Cade shoot. And then Cade sort of was like, y'all didn't. Um, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to like stop on a dime with a behind the back and drain a three hit over you. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm going to hit a dead leg three right in your face. Um, yeah, he has like four of those dead legs and people are just but it's like, yeah, hey, let Cade shoot. And I'm like, so you just want to lose with him hitting threes in your face? That's not that's not the way to do this, man. 
Like, yeah, and he's going to take a little bit of convincing to do it, but then he's just going to do it to you. Yeah, like he's going to have a moment of self-reflection where he's like, again, I got to beat you this way. Ugh, I guess I'll spam the dead leg three button. Sure, I'll shoot 12 times. I don't want to. Can't I just have like a, a five by five every single game? No? Okay, sure. I guess I'll shoot six threes this game. Like that. I mean, it. it re- I will talk about this later, but like, it really is the like I'm I'm going to perfectly set up the screen, destroy your big man, throw this absurd wraparound pass to to my roll man. Oh, he's gonna blow the finish. All right, now it's now it's time to just like be Harden slash Luca and blow by every single time and just finish at the rim. Like, yeah, uh, they're both they're both sensational prospects, and this is why it's like kind of becoming a conversation to me, at least in the same tier, maybe, but definitely not sold on that yet. A lot yeah, of it's just guys who can win in like every way conceivable. It's that's what makes a superstar offensive player. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Support for the Prep to Pro NBA Draft podcast is also presented by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below the waist grooming, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels and helping 2 million men all over the world get rid of hair on their balls. Manscaped is here to give you a fresh start to 2021 with their perfect package 3.0 that has all the right tools for the job. Come out of quarantine with clean balls thanks to the Lawnmower 3.0. This waterproof and skin-safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends. The third-generation trimmer even has a light to give you the glow-up you need in 2021. It's also time to freshen up down there this new year. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And for on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds and make Santa proud. So can we talk about, now that we're done with the boring stuff, now can we talk about the extremely interesting stuff? <laughs> sure, let's, let's talk about, about yeah. defense. FM Mobley is a hilarious defender. Like, absolutely. Dudes who are that big shouldn't move that way. Like by like one or two standard deviations. Like the best compliment I have is that he looks like a like he looks like an extremely good high school big man. Like I keep forgetting he's seven foot two. Like I keep thinking he's six foot seven. I'm like, oh, that's a good movement for a six seven guy. I'm like, oh, he's seven two. He's like seven one seven two. Oh my god. And then it sets in that like not only is he like a good mover, he's just an absolutely ludicrous mover, and it's not just in big man ways. Like he will slide with guards. Yeah, he, he will bump, he he will really bump will. things and then yeah, reroute all, all the time. It's it's ridiculous. And this isn't a Tyrus Thomas situation where he's just like a ludicrous mover. He's doing it like as one of the like two or three guys on USC who like consistently are in the right spots, and will also cleaning up for other people as well. Like he's he sort of has the defensive version of what Cade has on offense. Where he like he wants to do the right thing, but at the same time he's like, but I also have to clean up, or we're not going to win these games. Yeah, right. I think. Sorry, go ahead. 
I think that he deep down just wants to make the right rotations. And to like a lot of his blocks, are, you can almost see him be like, I probably shouldn't be helping over. It's against the scheme. I, I probably have a two step radius, but if I do step over in three steps, there might be a weak side crasher, but I probably will get this block. You can see him processing, sort of weighing it out. Be like, this is what we need to win. And then he just does it. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's a guy who can, yes, move with guards. He can play every pick and roll coverage perfectly. Um, and then you can stick him, if you absolutely want to for some reason, into the middle of a 2-3 zone, and he's going to block everything. Uh, he's a, an absolutely sensational and incredibly well-rounded defensive player. And, and I, I, something that, that I think is, you know, we'll, we'll see at, at, in the, at the NBA level, but with the strength, like, even if you, if you bump Mobley, like, the, the reach is just too much. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. You're he not still, like, get a, get a hand. He might still, he like, might still block it. Like, he, it just doesn't matter. If you drop a shoulder into Evan Mobley's chest, and he flies back. The reach is that crazy that he's still going to put a good contest on you, while also being. And Mobley's also physical as hell and is going to fight that shoulder. Yeah, drop. he like, he. That's that's the thing more than anything for me. Yeah, a lot like of guys are not going to let you drop his shoulder and just fly and just flail. Like he's going to get back into the play. Oh, he. And, a lot of times he wants you to. Like again, this is sort of the like being used to playing pros thing. Like a lot of skinny guys kind of want to fight. But like Mobley has gotten past that. He's gotten past the like I'm skinny and I want to fight you. It's that he has angles where he wants you to hit him, so that he can because he knows the recovery angle from that. So he's like he's already at the point where he's thinking about this in terms of reactions. Where he's like, like okay, so if I hit you this way, you're gonna bounce off at this angle, and I'm gonna be able to get a weak side contest. Where if you bounce out this way, I can still get in front. Like this is very much a dude who's thinking about the reactions to things as he's doing them with regards to bumping people, and that is so exciting. Yeah, and that combined with just the physical tools makes the rim protection just like so absurdly extraordinary. Like we, t- I, I talked about, we talked about like the, the hot footwork he uses on offense. He, he does the same thing on defense to, to you know perfectly time his blocks and just the coordination and the flexibility. I think he had like my favorite block of the year against Santa Clara. I clipped this the other day where he like extended his right arm like all the way behind his body for a block after the offensive player jumped past him. And it's just like even when you make a little mistake, like Evan Mobley probably should have like tried to slide over and, and wall up so he doesn't have to do that ridiculous maneuver in the first place. But even when he does that, he has you know the the ability to to stay balanced in midair and rotate his his torso and his arm all the way behind him to just make ridiculous blocks like that. And those those plays are just like routine. His his ability to track the ball in midair with 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 his hands and with his eyes and not foul. And like get his hands on the ball for blocks, it's it's unbelievable. Like uh, you know, talked about the, the the quick leaping is is there as well. Like it's it, it's just unreal. Like he's a really special rim protector prospect. Yeah, like the, even without the strength, the uh, the arm flexibility to like be able to get that as far back as he does. Like if you just watch the screen cap, like shoulders shouldn't move like that. Like especially not for like seven two people. Yeah, especially not for tall skinny people, which are usually like the least flexible people in the world. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, he gets all of it. I mean, so I remember that when we talked about him last time, I said that the only thing that was interesting from his senior year was that he was trying to figure out referees, and that he was trying to get as close to shop blocks or as gold hands as possible, and basically everything else could be thrown away. And he's taken that to a different level this year um, where he is 
again, very similar to like 60s, 70s big men where he is the second person off the floor. Like if you watch any of the like old red coaching videos or any time that, that uh, Bill Russell talks about shot blocking, it's the second guy off the floor. And he has gotten this down to the point where he waits until the ball handler leaves, leaves their feet. He makes sure that they're not dumping it off. Then he'll hop over and gets it at the exact high point. Like if he had been there, like even like a millisecond later, it's probably getting called either because it's on the way down or it's hitting the backboard. And there is no chance for the the ball handler to have any kind of kickoff because Mobley either has his other hand in the passing lane or the angle has disappeared because he's waited so long to time it up. And it's insanely difficult. And guys get so pissed off at it. But like he's going to be right every time. Like if they review these, he's going to be right every time. Yeah, I think he had multiple of these last night uh, against against Colorado. Where yeah, they, yeah, the timing is just absolutely impeccable. And he and I mean, he obviously has the reach and the quick leaping to get every single shot. But yeah, it, it's it's totally unbelievable. And these are all you know situations though where we're talking about him, uh, you know, in more of a you know primary setting and being you know a center in units. But he also has like all time weak side rim protector. Uh, not potential, like he's going to be, because no one can cover ground like that, and no one has that processing speed, and then the contortion ability and length that he's going to be able to get to every shot. Like spreading out the floor in the NBA is only going to make him more powerful because uh, no one else can do what he's going to do. I, I actually have. Um, so you know how every star has their particular way of manipulating, like the the referee's opinion of the rule set. Mm-hmm. Like Giannis has like manipulated how offensive fouls work with regards to like what's exactly is your like your mm-hmm. your body's owned area. So like he'll use his shoulder and his elbows in a way that like is sort of offensive fouls, but because he's a star and because the NBA wants freedom of movement, it's allowed. Um, Mobley's going to start catching blocks. Like he's going to yeah. At high point, he's going to just catch them. And he's done it. be a star. Yeah, he does it. No, no, but he's in college. They're not going to give him star calls in the NBA. Those are just going to be like, that's a star. It doesn't matter if it's anywhere close. They'll all be perfect because it's Mobley. But like he's going to start catching them. Full stop. And like, then he's leading the break. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, his ability to, like, at this, it's always been like this, but to keep the ball in bounds after blocks, like, it, it's ridiculous. Like, just one of the many micro skills. Have like, you guys noticed? So, value. so he'll trace the ball a lot. So he's like, he's figuring out where he wants to block it uh, to try to save it. And sometimes you can see him like get it earlier because he thinks that like it's going to go on the way down in the league. He's just going to catch this like because the refs are going to, you know, lean onto the side of a, a looser interpretation of the rules. Like we're going like this is a thing that Dwight Howard could have done, but just chose to get style points instead. And we're going to have a guy who's like wired to just be like, oh, I'd like to start the break because I have guard skills and I'm allowed to. And that's the thing. I mean, he's just like. He, his and, and Isaiah's father, Eric Mobley, should be put in charge of whatever the NBA's like academy initiative ends up being to, you know, overhaul American development. He needs to be put in charge of all of the big men because whatever he did developmentally with those two is the correct way to develop a, a big man. And every single human being that size who plays basketball needs to be doing exactly what they were doing. And not everyone will be capable of it, but um, no. they're... Yeah, I, I mean, Evan is just like so technically skilled in, in so many ways, uh, in addition to, you know, being an all-time physical talent. I mean, if you were just to think about how you would like a big man wired to to win a basketball game, like 
Evan is basically that. If you were to be like, hi, what's an auto, a, a modern big? Like what specific micro skills and micro wirings would you like? He's basically what you would choose. And uh, yeah, Eric Mobley deserves all of the flowers for that because he saw the way the NBA was going and basically fine-tuned ahead of time uh, his son's games. Because both of them, like, like Isaiah doesn't have the physicality that Evan does, but like you guys think he's probably going to at least have a good cup of coffee in the league, right? Just because he can pass. Uh, in the NBA, I, I kind of doubt it. I don't think that he can yeah. score or move. Oh, I think, I think, I think that he will shoot. Okay. That, that, I mean, that would be the argument, but no, I, yeah. I, I don't think he's I, I basically, I, I think that if you like, if you think that Evan has a lot of like, basically because of the last thing you said, like, that you have to believe that there is going to be continual upside, even though Isaiah doesn't have the same physical tools, even though he doesn't have the same ludicrous movement abilities that like the passing plus the shooting in at least backup units is like worthwhile of a couple of years in the league. If, if not only for the gameplay, but because isn't that exactly who you would want your other young bigs to learn from? Yeah, it, it absolutely is. But I think that the, the difference between the two of them physically is, is dramatic. Like in, inconceivable. Like, it's really, like, truly inconsistent. Like, they're so obviously brothers because of, you know, skills and and clearly the way they think. But, man, they could not look less related in terms of what they're capable of doing physically. Um, because Yeah, it's a fun case of, like, what if you have the same player, but one of them has all of the athleticism. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, if you wanted to ask the question of, like, what would Zion with no athletic ability look like? Like you can kind of do that with Evan Mobley, and yeah. it's, it's Isaiah Mobley, and it is you know it's not not the greatest. It's all right. Oh, I actually I actually have a player that um, is Zion. Uh, is it Raekwon? No, it's not. Uh, it's a high school player. I'll show I'll show you guys the video afterwards. He has like a ninety percent foul rate. It's inc- like he, he gets the line every single possession. It's hilarious, but like he can probably dunk with two hands sometimes. <laughs> uh, could you imagine Scotty Barnes, but the athletic version? That would be pretty fun. Yeah. I, I, um. All right. Are are we are we done on Mobley? Oh no no no. Okay, I wanted to put you guys on the spot. Uh, currently Mobley. So assuming everyone's got Cade tier one, is Mobley tier two by himself, tier two with Suggs or someone else, or tier two alone? Tier two alone for me. Yeah. Same for me as well. I, oh man, I'm I'm really struggling between tier two alone and tier one with Kate. I'm I'm struggling with it. Uh, I think I really I think Mobley is kind of a total just game breaker as a team builder to the point that like is he a traditional you know star initiator? Probably not or no, but he's he just changes what you can do so dramatically and raises the ceiling so dramatically that he might he might kind of be worth consideration okay. there. Okay. So then my question is Cade and Mobley are two of the best blank prospects since LeBron. <sighs> I don't know. Um I I think that my my like if I had to say right now, I would definitely say Luca and Zion are better. Um, after that, I don't know. So you say four, two yeah. of the best four. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. This is not, this is not a 
it's not an um, I'm implying they're they're three and four after the no, no, I'm just saying you don't have to rank them. You just have to pick like draw the line on the outside now. The okay, outside. then they're they're two of the six or seven at least. Yeah. Like conservatively, two of the six or seven best. Okay. Why? What do you think, PD? I mean, to me, Kate is one. Really? Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Like, uh, Prospect Cade is better than Prospect Luca. Because Cade doesn't have the athleticism concerns. Like, Luca found more solutions when he got to the league, but Luca is starting at a lower athletic baseline. So, so are we, we're we're talking very, very strictly prospect here? Yes. Yes. And like, Zion has injury concerns. Like, I I feel like that's, that's meaningful. Um, but yeah, to me, Cade's one. Mobley. Mobley's probably one of the five, easily five best prospects since Braun. Mm. Like, uh, I mean, we're getting into some some really intense hair splitting, but like, we're in for a special year of uh, figuring out what teams would be interesting and how to develop. Just, uh, yeah, very excited. Wait, PD, I'm going to put you on the spot with this. I, I don't have a take on this because I'm not informed on this guy as a prospect. Uh, nearly enough, but Mobley versus AD as prospect. Oh, that's extremely tough. Um, I don't think I have an answer because I hadn't thought about it. Um, well, I think that you should have to write this as a piece. Okay. Um, <laughs> I will say this pretty comfortably. Mobley is the most exciting defensive player since college Nerlens. Just okay. in terms of like watching them, like Zion was fun, but Zion was also like in a really weird circumstance where he's just doing stuff. Yeah, like I wouldn't call the uh, that Duke team principled defensively, <laughs> um, and a lot of times Zion just did things where you're like he's not going to close that down. Oh, he did. Um, where Mobley's like making reads, and I don't necessarily think that like NBA Zion has shown that college Zion was very much um, a circumstance of like you basically gave him an area to cover and we're like I figured out kid. Um, where having the assignments in the NBA has sort of exposed the limits of that because uh, it's been pretty uniformly bad. Um, I don't think that, you know, like college New Orleans was a full-blown experience where dudes just had never seen anything like it. And I think that we're looking at a year with that with, with Evan Mobley. All right. I think that'll do it for part one. Uh, that I'm, I'm glad we did this. Uh, yeah. I feel, I feel really passionately about Evan Mobley. He, he is, I, I just think that he, he is such a fascinating player and, such a special one. I'm so excited to see him in the league. And I, I just, yeah, for, for many years, I think that he is going to be something really unique and just kind of one of a kind. And, and in so many ways, like the future and also this weird throwback, like I want to ask Evan Mobley who he's studied because it feels like the answer is literally everyone who has ever played the game at every position. Um, so yeah. Uh, Shout out to Evan Mobley and to Eric Mobley. Um, like, yeah, uh, it's yeah. just amazing. All right, All right, so I think that's good for part one. Uh, we'll talk about more prospects not named Evan Mobley in part two. Uh, thanks again to PD for, for coming on. PD, is there anything you want to plug at the moment? Um, yeah, I have uh, uh, a new recruiting piece out um, that features uh, – probably one of the most hyped but least uh, critically looked at prospects in the last 30 years, uh, along with nine other uh, 
nine to 11, still haven't quite figured out uh, other recruits worth your attention. Um, and by the time this is published, I should have part one of um, my large shooting survey on uh, shooting development and its trajectories. PD, if you want to spoil anything about that, Pro, about that piece on <laughs> on that hyped prospect right now or get off any hot takes um not too hot though not anything that's going to get you in trouble uh <laughs> any any hot takes no one is listening at this point i think because they probably think that we've outroed uh so <laughs> 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 or if you or if you want to just leave the teaser out there and force people to go check out this piece because you will be doing them a favor in doing so uh, now. you know if uh if my twitter account is still standing from the uh from the uh, backlash I'm probably going to receive. Uh, I think that they might have seen it already. But uh, <laughs> here's to me saying that what I'm going to do is probably a bad decision. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That seems like a good uh, idea. Yeah. As always, follow the pod on Twitter at prep number two pro pod. You can follow Max at Max A. Carlin. Follow me at Ben underscore Pfeiffer underscore. And with that, we'll see you in the next part.